0: Today's episode of Locked on Stars is a mailbag episode where I'll be answering your questions from Twitter. We'll be talking about when guys like Robo and John Klingberg could potentially be re-signing with the team, talk about the potential re-emergence of Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn under Pete DeBoer's leadership, and then we'll talk about the time that we could see some Big rising stars, prospects at the NHL level, all coming up on this Friday mailbag episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Howdy Stars fans, welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars, hockey Credential member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Friday, June 24th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, Thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars and for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube, getting very close to 400 subscribers. You can also follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you guys for the continued support. The support and viewership this week has been outstanding with the Pete DeBoer content, the Shippy interview, and that is a testament to you guys continuing to tune into the show day in and day out. For that, I am truly Grateful, um, and of course, we are going to dig into some mailbag questions today from Twitter, which I am excited about. If you ever want to have a question answered on Twitter, be sure to tweet at me at LockedOnStars at Dame double underscore Lewis. Typically, every Thursday, I'll be asking for mailbag questions because then Friday's episode each week in the off season, will be our mailbag episode. And of course, I might not get to all of them, but even if I can't get to a question the week it is asked, I'll try to get to it the next week. As is the case with our first. Question of the day from Dakota Scott. He's been asking questions for quite some time listening to the show for a while Dakota. Thank you for listening and submitting a few questions for today's episode. And he asked last week when we can expect to see Jason Robertson sign an extension and for how long that extension would be. And then also threw in the question of John Klingberg. Would we see him re-signing with the Dallas Stars now that they have Pete DeBoer? Uh, Because it seems like Pete DeBoer's system is one that a guy like John Klingberg could thrive in. Uh, Both really great questions, and I think one of those is easier to answer than the other. We will start, of course, with Jason Robertson. The answer that I think is a pretty simple one, uh, Jason Robertson, of course, is a free agent at this moment in time at the time of recording. NHL free agency will officially begin on July 13th. So Robo is, of course one of the names amongst many in a pretty stacked forward class. This is a pretty offensive-focused free agent class. Not a whole lot of really premier defensemen. John Klingberg, actually, is probably one of the headlining names if you're looking at free agent defensemen. But, of course, Jason Robertson right now amongst the names of people that are going to be free agents as far as forwards. But I believe, and I think many other people who cover this team believe that he will be re-signing with the Dallas Stars at some point this offseason, and I would truly expect it to be Likely sometime here in the next week or so, especially now that the Dallas Stars have one of their biggest questions officially answered at the head coaching position. Pete DeBoer is here as the head coach and even said in his press conference he's excited to be coaching guys like Jason Robertson named amongst many other really talented players on this roster like Haskinen and Hintz as well. So I don't really think it's up for much debate. We shouldn't be losing too much sleep over this question as Stars fans. Now the real question is and where you could really dig deep is about how much money or how long this contract could be for Jason Robertson. Uh, maybe there's some that think that he should only sign a two to three year deal to make sure that he's legit and then there's going to be the camp that thinks he's already earned his you know full 5 a seven-year contract, and I think that's the camp I fall under. I mean, we've seen this kid come in and have two exceptional seasons with the Stars. Of course, a lot of that is due to playing with two other really talented forwards on one of the best and most efficient top lines in hockey with Pavelski and Ropey Hintz. But regardless of that, I think Jason Robertson has proved that he is a star in the making in this league. He's an incredibly talented scorer, a 40-goal scorer in his second season in the NHL, a Calder Trophy finalist in his rookie season losing out to Kirill Kaprizov, who is also a rising star in the making so absolutely no shame there i mean this kid i think is a a guy that you can build your franchise around he's going to be one of the best scorers on this team for a while and so i think it's worth it to give him maybe that contract that's about five or seven years long where he's making about eight million dollars a season Uh, and of course that is a lot of money but this is a guy who is still incredibly young who still has tons of career left ahead of him if he is able to stay healthy which health has not been a huge issue for robo Up to this point in his star's career. So, knock on wood, I'm not too concerned about the health aspect for him. I think that he's going to be an efficient player for years to come. And I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that he will be re signing with Dallas this offseason, as will Jake Ottinger. I know he's another big name on the to do list for the stars this summer to get him a new contract signed. We saw how he played this last season, we saw how he played in the playoffs against Calgary. He is certainly the goalie of the future here in Texas. And then everyone else kind of falls in after that your Michael Raffles, your Vlad Nemestikovs, guys like that, whether they get re-signed or not. I can't imagine everyone is going to get re-signed that is a a free agent, whether they're unrestricted or restricted. But certainly, uh, either they'll get re-signed or they'll be allowed to walk in free agency uh, around July 13th. And we will see them with a different team at the start of next season. Now, where things get really interesting uh, in the second half of this question that was asked is, of course, on the defensive side and with John Klingberg. Uh, And I agree with Dakota and a few other people have made the observation as well that people think that Klingberg might actually be a pretty good fit in Pete DeBoer's system. He really likes to get his defensemen involved. I mean, you look at the performance last year of guys you know, on the team, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights team that they had, the guys like Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, had really nice effective seasons where they were some of the higher scoring pieces on that team. How much of that is attributed to the injuries and shortages of players on that roster is kind of up in the air to be determined. But nonetheless, they still had really nice statistical seasons that any defenseman in this league would like to have. So I don't think the question is necessarily a chemistry fit or a system fit with John Klingberg. It all comes down to his contract and how much money he really wants to get this offseason. Supposedly, uh, everything I've seen leads me to believe that he wants around an $8 million deal, pretty much a max contract, if you will. Which I don't think Dallas can and will pay him that if they are truly looking to build around this young core of Robertson, Jake Ottinger, who are due for contracts this offseason, and then Rope Hints will likely be due for quite a bit of money next offseason. Of course, you're still paying Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn quite a bit of money. So it's just one of those things where, you know, if that's Klingberg's final, hey, this is the amount I want and I will not take anything less, you're going to have to let him walk in free agency. However, I do think that, you know, depending on other moves and if they can somehow talk to John Klingberg and talk him down a peg on money and ask him to take a substantial pay cut from what he thinks he's worth I think it'd be really nice for him to stay I mean we've talked about this week getting to see the the defenseman rather develop on offense and really become a threat in the offensive zone for the stars this coming season guys like Hayskinen guys like Esselin and I think John Klingberg would be a perfect fit to that list and I think he could really thrive in this Pete DeBoer system and help this team win a lot of hockey games and of course be a huge component if the stars are able to make the postseason however I don't know if that's going to happen I would really like to see it happen. It's just whether or not John Klingberg wants the money and you know wants to take care of himself and his family or if he wants to stay in Dallas and potentially have a shot to make a deep playoff run It's going to of course come down to his judgment I mean he still has a little bit of time to decide before free agency opens in July. Again, I, I can't give you a full. I am certain this will happen, or I'm certain it's not. I still will probably lean to the side that he's likely going to leave, just because this is probably the last time in his career that he can ask for a big contract worth a lot of money. And of course, you know, most more often than not, these athletes want to take care of themselves. They want to take care of their families, which makes a ton of sense. There's nothing wrong with that, but. You know, if it just, I don't know what other teams would want to sign him, whether it would be a contender or not. And Dallas looks like it would still be a decent chance for him to make the postseason. And if things go right for them this season and Pete DeBoer is able to crack the code with this roster, I think the Stars could surprise a lot of people and make a surprisingly deep playoff run. But let me know down in the comments what you guys think about the idea of this. What guys you think will be re-signing this offseason and what guys you think will be leaving this in free agency. Well, coming up next, we will address another question about some veterans on the team and Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and how they might could be used in Pete DeBoer's system. Today's episode of Locked On Stars is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, we're moving on to the next question on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Stars. Thank you guys again for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Uh, Dakota had asked another question um, this week uh, that I wanted to highlight on. I think a few other people were asking about these two players as well. But basically asked, could we see an uptick in Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn's numbers with a more offensive-minded Coach, and while Pete DeBoer did put up better offensive numbers with the Vegas Golden Knights last season, uh, you know, despite the injuries, and I wouldn't quite say he's an offensive guru. Definitely not the premier offensive coach in the National Hockey League. But I do think that he can do a little bit more with his teams on offense than Rick Bonus did. Rick Bonus was certainly a great defensive-minded head coach. I do think DeBoer is a little bit, you know, closer towards the offense. Definitely not the premier guy, but I think there can be some improvements there if he's able to get the personnel lineups. So correctly. Aligned So with DeBoer you know, uh, coming in as the head coach you look at some of the guys on his VGK roster last season who were at similar ages and play You know, obviously the forward position guys like Jonathan Salt, who led the team in points with 66, 30 goals, 36 assists at age 31 and 76 games played you got Chandler Stevenson, 21 goals, 43 assists, 64 points in total and 79 games played at age 28. By far Chandler Stevenson's best season he had had some okay seasons early on in his career but really kind of burst onto the scene as far as heavy point production last season so I mean you know 31 and 28 pretty close aligned to where Sagan and Ben are at their ages right now clearly you know Vegas was a different structured team they did have a lot of injuries and other things going on but they were still able to have effective seasons in DeBoer's system and those were the leading scorers and I think the encouraging thing When you look at the stats like that is, of course, that, you know, Sagan and Ben no longer have to be the go to guys, kind of like Marshall Salt and Chandler uh, Stevenson might have been forced to with the injuries. Obviously, Jack Eichel was going to be a big part of that team, but then when he got traded, he you know hadn't had his surgery yet. He had surgery, and he came into the season late. There were plenty of other injuries on that roster as well that may have held back the potential of the VGK lineup, but nonetheless, guys that are kind of in the middle of their career, like Stevenson and Marsha Salt, still able to be very effective in Pete DeBoer's system, and of course, I think part of that is also them benefiting from the good play of the guys they share the ice with, and that includes the defensemen. Of course, we talked last segment about John Klingberg potentially thriving in Pete DeBoer's system because you look at the track record of guys like Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. They put up incredibly nice numbers last season. Uh, and, and yeah, and I think that's all what it boils down to is I think that at times Sagan and Ben, while they may have had a little bit of chemistry either with each other on the same line or whether it was Denis Gurionov or Vlad Nemestikov, there might not have been a whole lot of good chemistry there depending on the defensemen that were on the ice because you're not always going to be on the ice with Miro Haskinen or John Klingberg. Sometimes you're on there with the bottom three pairing, or there's you know things to get shaken up due to injuries uh, and other things that you can't really control that might affect the way that you are able to play on the ice. You know, we talked about. On yesterday's episode about the Pete DeBoer introductory press conference, and he put the heavy emphasis on being able to clear the defensive zone, navigate the neutral zone, and get into the offensive zone. And I think with a more sound defensive setup at the end that is, you know, obviously looking to stop goals from being scored, but also looking to get down the ice in an effective manner, I think Sagan and Ben could benefit from something like that. So I don't know if they're going to put up, you know, these electric numbers. I don't think we'll ever see Jamie Ben get quite back to his Art Ross trophy winning himself. Don't know if Sagan's ever going to be just that an electric offensive scoring threat that we've seen in the past. But I do think that there is a potential for them to have a little bit more of a bounce back season, especially Jamie Benn. I don't think Tyler necessarily had a down year. I think he started slow, but the way he picked himself up at the end of the season and really kind of got back into a groove after fully recovering from his surgery, I think there was a lot of promise still there from Tyler Sagan, where Jamie Benn, I think, had a little bit more to be desired on the offensive side of the ice. I don't know if we're going to see a huge jump in numbers, but I do believe that both of these guys can still be a effective and make it somewhat worth the amount of money that they're being paid and of course Dallas will need their defensemen to step up as well obviously Miro in guys that will for sure be around next season like Ryan Suter, Esselin Yanni Hockenpah, if he's sticking around, Thomas Harley, if he officially makes the jump to being full-time on the NHL roster. There's going to need to be a lot of work put in in order to make this work, and I think Sagan and Ben are you know more than willing to put in that work. They've shown that over the years that they love this team and they are committed to winning, and I think if the culture is established right with them, as well as Pete DeBoer and the coaching staff he decides to bring in, I think that we could see a little bit of a rejuvenation from some of the veterans on this roster. Well, we're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the potential of some of the biggest names in the stars prospect pool potentially making their nhl debut this season All right, we're moving on to our final question on this Friday mailbag episode of Locked on Stars. This question comes from Ryan Burke. Ryan, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for submitting some questions. Ryan asks if we could see Wyatt Johnston and or Maverick Bork make their NHL debuts this season. Of course, if you watched or listened to the press conference for Pete DeBoer on Wednesday, you heard Jim Neal mention that there are some rules between the NHL and the junior clubs that – you know, are kind of put in place before these guys can appear at the NHL level. And as far as I know, I'm I'm a little shaky on some of the rules. There could be some things I'm missing. So if there's something I'm missing, feel free to let me know in the comments on YouTube. But I believe the requirements are that the player has to be above the age of 18 years old, which both Wyatt Johnston and Maverick Bork both are, and they have to have played at least two seasons with a junior club, which both of those guys have done so as well. And Maverick Bork has even seen some games in the American Hockey League. So I think that they both meet the requirements that could potentially put them on an NHL roster this season so I, I think you know to give a quick answer to the question I think yes it is very much possible that we could see Johnston and Bork on the NHL roster for the Dallas Stars some point this season will it be opening night that is to be determined it will depend on how training camp goes if there's any injuries who all leaves in free agency who gets traded a bunch of other factors could come into this And of course, uh, you know, this puts the idea in my head that I'll definitely need to do a roster, you know, lineup projection episode at some point soon, and then compare that to the roster that we see in training camp and preseason. And of course, at the start of the season on opening night, I think that could be a lot of fun. So expect that coming hopefully sometime in the next week or so. Um, Of course, you know, you have to factor in so many different things when projecting lineups, especially this early on. In the offseason process. But I could definitely see, you know, if either of those guys make their debuts at the NHL level, whether it's at the start of the season or in the middle of the season, I definitely obviously think it makes sense for them to start out in a somewhat bottom six role. It just comes down to who could they play with and who would potentially not be on the NHL roster. Because if you add guys like Johnston and Bork to the lineup, that means two guys have to not be in the lineup or two guys are taking substantial cuts. In minutes, So, I mean, you look at some of the other names, these guys that are kind of on the fence, you have Luke Glenn Denning, who did suffer an injury against the Calgary Flames in the playoffs. He's back for at least one more season with his contract. Marion Studenich, I believe, is a free agent at the time of recording this, has not been re-signed. Joel Kiviranta, Ty DeLandria, tons of other names, as well as are these guys going to be on the roster or are they not going to be on the roster? Will they be cut or moved down to the AHL in order to make room for Johnston or Maverick Bork so I think Jacob Peterson probably has the best chance to stay but do you put two rookies on the same line as a guy who is only a second year player do you try to put one of those guys maybe on the third line with maybe a Michael Roffle or erotic Foxa I, I certainly see them playing somewhere down in the bottom six likely with a guy like Foxa he definitely does have that good NHL experience maybe you put Foxa on the third line center position you put Wyatt Johnston at the center position on the fourth line and then you could put Maverick either on that third or fourth line, depending on how the lineup needs to shape out. And then, you know, again, it's just so tricky to read right now with so many free agents that have been undecided on that haven't been re-signed or that haven't gone on to other teams. And there's just so much more at play. But I'm certainly excited to see how these guys do in training camp. They both have had fantastic seasons with their Canadian Junior League clubs, uh, with the Windsor Spitfires and the Shawinigan Cataracts, both respectively for Bork and Johnston. So there's still a ton of potential. Um, and obviously, DeBoer did touch on their names during the introductory part of his press conference the other day. So he's clearly excited to get to see what these guys can do and to get to coach these guys up. So that that's certainly a promising sign. And I'm really, you know, excited to kind of dig in and start to rack my brain of what a lineup could look like for the Dallas Stars on opening night. So again, be expecting that coming sometime soon uh, and continue to get excited for where this Dallas Stars team is heading. Obviously, it was a disappointing ending to the season losing in Game 7 to the Flames, but I still think some of the best days are ahead for this team and for this franchise. And if things go right this season, uh, we could be having some really good stretches with the Dallas Stars for years to come. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of of the day. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube. Again, getting extremely close to 400 subs, so be sure to hit that subscribe button. It is free to subscribe to the show. Also free to follow on your favorite podcasting platforms such as Apple or Spotify. You can also leave us a five star rating review if you like what you hear from the show. Again, if you want to be featured on a mailbag episode of Locked on Stars, be sure to check out for the mailbag tweet that normally goes out on Thursday mornings in preparation for these friday offseason shows when we're trying to do the mailbag once a week thank you guys again that did submit questions and if i didn't get to your question this week i will likely get to it next week or on another episode be sure to find and follow me on twitter at dane double underscore lewis and of course at lockdown stars and i hope you guys have a fantastic weekend we will see you back here on monday